Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, you the webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and I got Justin and Chuck with me this evening. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Great week. Let's get this show going. It is going to be a great week, man. Chuck, wasabi, bud. Let's get this show on the road, buddy. You are not kidding, man. You're not kidding. You know what? And, and, I, and, and folks, I, w- I want you guys to witness this. I brought back the man, the myth, the legend, Chuck. And you know what? I, and, and we talked about this before the show, that we're not going to have another bomber show this evening. Man. We're not going to do it. And and I and I know that uh, the last show when, when all that happened it was it was it was Chuck's fault you know he did admit that to me you know off the air and said that you know he was never going to do that again he was pulling the cord out of the wall and you know laughing the whole time he did it and uh, you know I just got to say that, uh, that that we're not going to do that again right Chuck I think we had technical difficulties on both ends but my headset was giving me issues you know I, I I can't I can't share in the blame in this man come on man we gotta you know you gotta help me out here a little bit. It's it, it's mutual. It's back and forth. Okay. <laughs> You're That's not getting right. any sympathy for me either. So hey, I, what are you what are you talking about, Jagoff? You got to you got to buy into this here a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, guys, uh, we got uh, we got a fun show ahead of us tonight, man. We um uh we got we got a lot in the news. You know, we've actually we have quite a bit to go through in the news. Oh uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Coming off yeah. of the the GW Saturday release, the Rumor Engine, and as a separate piece, and I know that this is kind of part of the 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 GW. Saturday release thing. Uh, I, I do want to talk about this this dire chasm area mortis thing that, that's coming out. I, I know that 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 was the underworlds release. That one actually kind of caught me as pretty interesting. Have you did you guys check that out? Yes, yeah. the lava, right? Isn't yeah. that what we're talking about? Oh my goodness! Yeah, the the, the complete under city of Beastgrave, which came yeah. out of nowhere. Well, I got to tell you, man, I, I wasn't a big underworlds player, but. Uh, when uh, when Beastgrave came out, I was all in because hey man, it's like my Beastie yeah. Boys. It's my boys, man. I was I was into that. So that, uh, that that was actually pretty cool. And also, you know, our main topic tonight, I think, is going to be a good one for all of us to kind of you know play a little bit of conversational volleyball with. Uh, and our main topic for the show is is with us coming off the release of the General's Handbook 2020 and some of the post-release FAQs. I, I even think that there's been you know. Uh, you know, even with the limited tournament, I guess, play and, and some of the limited uh, gameplay that's probably going on due to the due to the pandemic, uh, we're going to be talking about game balance in Age of Sigmar. You know, did the General's Handbook 2020 offer some balance? And we're going to be seeing things like, you know, you know, uh, different points of view that you're going to hear from Chuck, you're going to hear from Justin, myself, you know, and, and what we found. Because I think one of the mistakes, and guys, cue in on this, and let me know what you guys actually think. Because when General's Handbook 2020 came out, they got rid of all of the... Uh, 
the, the, the realm artifacts and some other adjustments and everybody kind of went a little bit of cheat you know they, they kind of went a little cheese bally with it they said oh i think we finally have balance again um and then other peoples didn't like it because they felt that you know their ogre armies weren't going to be effective anymore uh, because of the ethereal amulet was gone things like that i mean uh, what are your guys's early thoughts i mean did you ever think do you, i mean let me ask you guys this do you think that there'll ever be a point in any game we aren't talking about game balance i mean and do you guys think maybe and don't give away the goods yet but have we achieved that so far in the show in in, in where we're at now uh, i i think you're painting with a very broad brush right there when you when you're like you want us to make a a, a plausible statement right um, but at the same time you know not give like our concrete opinion yet i mean I, in what game are you gonna achieve complete balance without upsetting or uh offending someone who has been playing for one year or ten years you know yeah i'll just give you a simple answer no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but but you know okay, what, no, gonna... you, you, it won't ha never happen yeah, and, and you know, I, and I guess, I guess, you know, back back to your point, and you know, your your definitive statement there, Justin, and, and and your point, Chuck, absolutely correct. But I think when we talk about balance in Age of Sigmar, and we're going to be getting into this quite heavily right after the news. You know, um, the real question is, and we can kind of dive into this. You know, did General's Handbook 2020 offer some balance? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, I I think we're going to be seeing things like power creep or or rules bloat you know, kind of maybe shift. I don't think they've completely gone away. I've been reading on the boards that people think that the power creep is maybe or maybe not uh, with us anymore because a lot of armies are playing back in their battle tomes. But, you know, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that off the cuff, if you want to be, if you want me to be completely honest. And I think, I think that's kind of what both you guys are saying, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, with any release you have uh, in general, whether it's, whatever game system uh you know the company or the the game is trying to do some type of reset right so yeah. with, with that reset it it doesn't always mean a hundred percent of the time that uh current meta builds are still going to be viable or still can be viable so uh yeah, so I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with that. We're still going to have effective armies that were in the meta before, but maybe now we've got new armies that weren't viable before, and now since they've reset with either points or rules, they can be maybe somewhat playable. Maybe they won't go three and two, but they could go four and one and like a two day GT. I like I like the way you put that, Chuck. Yeah, man. I mean, you you, you put that a hell of a lot more intelligent I was than I could have. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'm gonna hide behind my microphone right now. You know, oh. And I gotta tell you, folks, just just take a look at that microphone, man. I mean, uh, Chuck, I gotta tell you, man, that's that's a that's a professional microphone. Between you and Randy, you're making us look like a bunch of bums. I mean, I, I mean, could couldn't you have gotten something a little bit like less professional, maybe with some duct tape on it or something? You got to make me feel a little bit better about what I have here stuck to my head. I, I'm just gonna go break out the old headset with the duct tape on it and everything else. I mean, geez, at this point, I give up. I am such a loser in comparison to you, Chuck. I really am, man. You're good. You're good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Hey, and you know what? Uh, a couple of guys we got jumping on here with us now is uh, is uh, Sean, one of our listeners here. He, he brings up chess as far as being balanced. Sean, thanks for the, uh, the smart-ass answer, man. But we are going to be talking about chess here in a little bit. And uh, everyone else, man, welcome to the show. We're going to be uh, we're going to get rolling here in just a second. So we're going to be right back with the news.
Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. If you got a master chest All right, gang, we are back. No. We got the news. We are going to be jumping right into that. And, uh, and and sorry about my goofy co-hosts here, man. They were just yammering on in the background talking about chess. Sean, see the crap you started here, man? We're trying to have a show, and you're over there in the comments throwing stuff up there, man. Damn it. All right. So um, you're getting these guys all bent out of shape here, man. All right, so let's get into the news here because we've got some, um, we've got some pretty – uh, pretty cool stuff to go through. And we're going to start with the news, or um, the, the rumor engine, right? Oh, it's a handgun. <laughs> <laughs> Where did Pat go? Hello. Uh, All right, guys, I'm back. Can I blame YouTube on that one? All right, let's 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 start over here. All right, folks, okay. we're going to start up with the news here again. And uh, so the rumor engine, this thing looks like a, a handgun from the Age of Sigmar timeline. So so either it's, I would have to say, a, a new Shadespire type of human from, you know, uh, Warhammer Quest or something, or a new Shadespire warband with, with maybe something from Cities of Sigmar. Um, Warcry warband for the catacombs, pirate. maybe? What do you think, man? Vampire pirates! It could be vampire pirates. I will not say it's not that. Uh, it does look like a humanoid hand, though, holding the gun. Where, where where did all of this like like vampire pirate thing come from? I mean, we went from we went from Karajan overlords that spawned into goblin pirates that everybody get pirates that everybody was now all of a sudden we got vampire pirates. Where the hell did all this come from? Truth. Pirates pirates of the Wizarding Coast, man. They they were in the old lore. <laughs> vampire yeah. pirates of the Wizarding Coast. They were in the old lore. Have you been drinking again, Justin? No, I'm all right. serious. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Chuck. What what is this, man? Do you, do you? I mean, do you really think this is a viable thing that this is actually a a, a pirate vampire? So uh, you know, going on what Games Workshop has released in prior releases, uh, I would kind of side with you that it's probably an Underworlds or a Warcry Warband, right? Um, but to say it is, you know, an an Empire or. Uh, a humanoid, it, I would kind of lean towards that, but I wouldn't exclude vampire pirates. I know it's probably far-fetched, and who knows on Reddit or whatever <laughs> uh, website talked about this, Bell of Lost Souls. Um, I, I would just be interested to see, you know, who's got the gunpowder, gunslinging handgun. Okay. All right. So let's just say, for instance, it is an Age of Sigmar undead pirate. Let's just let's just let's just knock this concept around here. Okay. Uh, uh, or or maybe some type of a new witch hunter with a gun. So that would be awesome. Yeah. So I so, buy that up. I, I do miss the witch hunters. Um, yes. So the battle tome devotes. Uh, 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 so so the, so. I I think I read somewhere it was an upcoming battle tome or something that was gonna that that was gonna have. Um, uh, in all seriousness, they were talking about a potential of bringing back the witch hunters with with some type of a 
of a of a new vampire with 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 a gun or uh, something to that effect. I mean, and so I, the reason why I asked you guys where you guys heard about this because I've been actually seeing stuff on the boards, um, kind of like sporadically that it's it's either going to be possibly a witch hunter or some type of vampire pirate. So that's why I was laughing because I thought maybe you guys had like definitively more information than I did on that. Which... <laughs> Well, the only reason I'm saying vampire pirates is because they have been in the lore for 15, 20 years. Okay. And you have what is called the Vampire Pirates of the Wizarding Coast. They were in two editions ago. They were released about the same period of time as the um, as all the uh, what was it that the mercenary groups okay. that were brought into play. They were a white dwarf list that were came off the Lustria coast in that area. They were all introduced in that period of time. And they're in the the current uh, Warhammer video game that's okay. out. All right. So, so I, I think what's going to happen is we're all going to find out that it's some type of a Skitari or Rogue Trader from 40k. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably, yeah, that, that's probably, that's probably what will happen because, yeah. you know, they like that old school witch hunter technology. So Yeah. But, you know, Justin, while you were talking, I was looking at the, I was looking at the picture as best I could and whatever is holding this gun has a ring. If right. you can kind of see that. And, uh, and, and from the tone of the hand, I'd assume that it isn't human, you know? And, and, and so the, the, the contrast is kind of strong to me, but I would, I would, I would, maybe I am leaning back towards a vampire pirate. I know this in the a chats lot, here. A lot of the, a lot of the, the sub chats and things that came across Facebook, things of that matter were all like, Oh, you see the hand? It's desiccated. It looks like a vampire hand. It's wearing one of those, like, That's it would be a Castron ring or something, you know, the, the Von Karstein ring kind of thing, something like that. This this might be Manfred, for all we know. Well, I know in the chat somebody was saying that it's it's Luther Harkin. The Necessary Poro was saying that one, so I don't, yeah. I, don't I mean, could, well, could be yeah. that. Luther Harkin was a, was a vampire pirate, I believe. Really? All right. I believe it was. All right. Hey, did you guys ever hear the story about the, uh, the the midget pirate that walked into the bar with the steering wheel between his legs? Oh, God. Did you ever hear that one? No. Bartender says, hey, buddy, what's with the steering wheel? Pirate goes, ah, it drives me nuts. I love that joke. Didn't. All right, I think we lost <laughs> Chuck. I think he quit. Oh, no, I'm right here. I, <laughs> I, think, I was like, did that did that joke really do it in? Is the friendship over? Okay, go. Go no no you're fine I just have a, a kiddo coming down here for a hug so oh yeah well oh. then you know don't hey do not let Uncle Grimdark tell any more jokes okay no you're okay I they were not listening but uh, I am a father too so well yeah so so am I so am I <laughs> to at least four that I know about <laughs> four that you know about right nothing like that male lady that you uh oh, <laughs> that's for a different show. Patrick, oh. Patrick was playing uh, Milkman again. <laughs> Holy cow. All right, okay, moving on. All right, all right. Hey, dude, guys, slow it down there, okay? All right, let's get into the Saturday <laughs> releases. You see you see how I got to keep railing these people back in, folks? I'm really trying to have a professional show, and, you know, and, and these two keep mucking it up. All right, let's keep going here. So Off in the ditch. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the Saturday releases. I mean, uh, let's start off with, with, with Warcry, man, the, the Warhammer Catacombs. And, uh, gang, I got to tell you, man, the more I look at the, the scenery for the catacombs and the more I, I, I look at it and study it, I get kind of that Warhammer quest, hero quest, yes. old school, refreshed vibe. Uh, I like the arch doorways, the, the weapons rack, and, and the, the actual tiles themselves are pretty slick, man. I mean, come yes. on, this catacomb is, is I mean, this, this, I'm getting this for sure. 
kind of brings you back to an old hero quest kind of feel. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah. I mean, and it's nice to see the uh, Age of Sigmar world back in the light with some much new models, you know, coming in, uh, to to the, to the mortal realms. I mean, I like what they're doing with the the updated Warcry models, uh, especially. Uh, and again, I mean, it resolves it 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 revolves, not resolves around um, kind of the. Well, I, actually, th- this does this does have something to do with the, the elves, Slanash, Marathi, right? Is it? But, but is in this in this particular yeah, yeah. Warcry release? Yeah. Okay. I was getting a little confused because so much was dumped on us over this past Saturday that um, I, I'm trying to keep it all straight in my head. But um, let's go back to Ulgu real quick. You know, I think Malorian or Tyrian information is going to be coming soon. Really, uh, and you know, I think this leaves a, a big hole in in the fluff surrounding the Slanesh prison, and I think we're going to be talking about that here in a minute. Um, I know that we're, we're kind of throwing some stuff up on the screen and kind of showing you guys, uh, you know, the kind of the whole conglomerate of some of the pictures. But uh, what do you what are your guys' thoughts on this, man? I, it looks like it's going to be a good release. I mean, we are they're they're tipping the scale back towards the the, the cell or the cage, and the, and they're changing the lore with Marathi. They're changing the lore with where the Lumineth are coming from, where the Slanesh are, you know, starting to re-hit, things like that. So we're getting those newer pieces that we need. Got it. Chuck, what do you think, man? Uh, oh, my gosh. I just, I wanted to talk so much. I want the Slanesh hero, and I want the Canine snake lady, and I want all those doorways on that board for terrain. I oh, just, yeah. I, it, I, listen, I already got, like, three or four lava armies that's going to go perfect. I mean, it, if it's a board that I can just fold out and paint the terrain and pop it on there, I am sold. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. I mean, I got to tell you, I don't know why GW doesn't just uh, package up terrain and sell it the way that they're doing, because I thought when Warcry first came out, the starter box, that terrain in there was absolutely incredible. I, I, I actually picked up uh, the actual starter box and then some terrain on the side some some duplicate terrain only on the side yeah i used the hell out of it um and in this terrain here i could see myself doing the exact same thing get that yeah. you know series two box or whatever they want to call it season two box whatever the heck they were calling it before and yeah, another my batch of thing, the terrain my whole thing it was about a year ago when the um azrite ruins came out yeah uh, i picked up two boxes of that and then ended up getting a third complete set so oh I, no kidding I have most of it like over there on my shelf that I can, <laughs> but I I converted several pieces for a uh, table for FlatCon and okay. um, painted it into like a Sigmar city of gold or whatever. So there you go. Yeah, that's it cool. was awesome. I I still have a whole case of it ready to go. Cool. I mean, so so moving off of the Warcry thing is awesome. That is, I mean, I think we got a double whammy here with Shadow and Pain. Um, so, so it's, it's a new starter set with, with really only two models. I know people are griping about that, but I don't really care because I, I think, I think those two are awesome. I mean, luckily the two models, like I, like I said to one guy on the boards earlier are really freaking good. I think the yeah. Slanash champion is especially an exciting mix of the old and the new design style. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's very cool. I even like whatever them, them like Arabian pointy shoes he's got on. Those things are pretty wild. Um, still the daughters of Cain size is, is a side is not very, meta so so maybe we're going to see some improvement on the on these models i think i mean but but you know chuck you look like you're ready to jump through the screen yeah what do, let what me, do you got? I, so i just want to throw something in with with all these releases um even like morgox crushers uh that were released probably about three weeks ago um in july keep in mind 
that each one of those releases are probably in the 25, 28 millimeter range, right? They are perfect for other game systems like D&D and whatever RPG system you're running. So my plan is like I picked up the Morgoks, but I'm going to run them as like half ogres um, in a D&D campaign that we're running. So uh, these miniatures are not just good for your underworlds or, you know, whatever Warhammer stuff you're you're playing. This stuff can cross uh, across RPG systems. So when they put out this type of box set with a couple heroes, it's it's prime picking for future game systems you can run with your friends. Right. It's a good starter set for jumping into those armies as well. I mean, you've got yeah. some decent amount of battle line there. You've got some decent amount of hero and yeah. other heavy hitting portions to those units. So you're you're getting good value for your for your money. Yeah. Yeah, no no, and you know the thing is I I I really like what they're doing because I think well, first of all, I think this is a big win for, for, for Game Workshop, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox again this week, I promise. I'm not. Well, actually, I lied a little bit. Just get little. down. Get off your pedestal right uh, now. But I think I really want to say this, you know, I, I and, and Justin, don't don't get all bent out of shape. I think, like I said, I'm going to say it before and I'll, I'll say it right now, and I'm saying it because I care about the company, but I think they shit the bed uh, with the Lumineth Realm Lords release. I think giving the community a third of the army was probably not a very good business model. Um, but, uh, and I think that the, the hold off with the sons of Behemoth really left a bad taste in, in people's mouths, I guess, as far as the, you know, the, the gamers are. But I think when, when everybody saw the, the, the catacombs for Warcry, and I think they came across this shadow and pain in this release, all of those little flubs that GW had were gone, were completely gone. And that's, that's where I think, um, that's where I think the big win here, because I think it, it yeah. I think it kind of helped the gamers get their, their, man, their, their mindset back into saying, okay, I really, I really, I'm really excited again, rather than being disappointed, which, you know, was, was obviously out there, especially with a lot of the people that are Lumineth players. I mean, Justin, you kind of even said a little bit that you were kind of bummed that, you know, you don't have your, your, your big mountain goat dudes and all that kind of stuff. Right, but that being said, there has been a lot of rumor that's been coming down through the community and things of that matter. We're going to get a dual release in September for both BMAT and Lumineth at the same time. They're going to drop them both on the shelf at the same time. Yeah, but, you know, we've been talking about Sons of Behemoth since November. We've been... Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and don't get me wrong. And don't get me wrong. It, it, it does leave that bad taste in your mouth because you're, you're, you're biting at the bit trying to get these models on the table. Mm-hmm. And, our, you know, our buddy Rob, is, he's playing Lumineth right now, but he's playing him with his old hammer. He's playing him with yeah. his, old, his yeah. old high elves. And I'm sure he would love to have access to some of the newer models, just like everybody else wants. And you know, and if Rob, if you, you know. want to proxy a couple of Gorgons in there, you know, as, as your little mountain goat, big moose goat dudes or whatever, you know, no problem. I'll, I'll lend them to yeah. you. <laughs> um, but you know, the big thing that would upset me the most is if we actually got the Warcry Lumineth before we got our primary Lumineth. That well, would that would kind of, that would put a real bad taste. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I'll tell you what. So as a one-two-three punch, now we got Shadow and Pain. And so this is a new starter set. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not uh, with um, I, with um, uh, Broken Realms, the Broken Realms. Broken uh, Realms this yeah. is the narrative for Age of Sigmar, and um, the story behind this I'm not really that clear about. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you guys might be a little more um, on it than myself, but I mean, the I guess the Elven gods are rising up to challenge chaos, right? There yeah. is some type of growing uh, power and death again. You know, and I'm a little bummed out that that's the storyline again. I mean, you know, uh, but I think that um, 
what's happening now is there's some mistrust that's happening here with within the death faction and i think they're playing i think they're i think they're keying up the idea that a soul blight book is definitely on their way our prediction that we made here on the show and, and of course has been out there on the boards is that the soul blight book is going to be replacing legions in Agash. and i think that this little narrative piece in the broken realms is bringing that back around to fruition have you guys been paying attention to the broken realms at all uh yeah a little bit um that's that's going to be probably a subfooter in most of the point. Um, well, I mean, I, think, I, I know it's starting with that book on Marathi. I know that that's kind of the launching right, piece right. for that and story. Thinking, so the the one for Marathi is going to basically, I think we're going to see this is where we're going to see the dictation of the fall and the rise of the elven gods. So we're going to see the primary gods that are elves, you know, Teclis, Tyrion, and um, like can't pronounce his name for some stupid reason today but you know who i'm talking about are all going to basically you mean, step you up. mean, you mean uh malorian malorian yeah okay. thank you they're all going to step forward into the, into the into the light so to speak and basically because um because Moria, marathi is not a god she is trying to assert her dominance Okay, and so I, so this really isn't so this isn't this isn't has anything to do with death and soul blight at all. Really, it has to do with the fact that no. maybe the, the 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 witch elves and and the daughters of Cain are starting to kind of get a little keen to Marathi's uh, that, BS. Yeah, that's what this first book is going to be. A lot of the art, a lot of the things that are in the book. That right, I I know about I know, right. yeah I know that about the book. I know that about the book. What I was talking about is more the whole story arc in Broken Realm. So I know that the well, book is obviously with Marathi, but but I was thinking that the when they were talking about the tension and and the growing power of death and all that kind of stuff and some of the and some of the the releases on Saturday, I thought they were referring to the fact that maybe the vampires had had enough of Nagash. But I mean, Ch Chuck, what are, what have you heard about it? Not a whole lot, Pat. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I am just currently Googling uh, Rumor Engine for Age of Sigmar, so I am okay. sorry I am not. No, no problem. Then you know, Justin, fill us in, man, because Chuck and I are like, you know, we're, we're like we're like two idiots looking for our village, man. I'm biting at well, the bit, Justin. Tell me. Well, so what they were talking about, and when I were, I went back and rewatched it, was this is book one of like five. So, oh. so this is this is the next series of storyline that's replacing Soul Wars and replacing the malign sorceries and all of that. This is our next line. This is going to change every army on the face of the of the face of AOS, hmm. and the storyline is going to change. So we're first probably going to we're going to deal with all the elves. We're going to deal with all that issue first, and then the next book will probably bring in chaos because we're looking at the release of. Um, I believe it's Slanesh at this point. He's the the, the major god's going to get released, mm -hmm. and they're well, going to have mean, that fallout. So, so I guess yeah, I know we're going to talk about the pillars here a little bit, as far as you know, you know, did 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 the, another pillar get uh, get broken by you know by 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 Slanesh? But um, well, so, what, so I guess I guess what you're saying is I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let me just kind of get this, no, this right. point out. So what you're what you're saying is it looks like they're tying together a couple of different avenues. Wrath of Chaos is kind of coming back in is the tie-in of what's right. happening right now between Archaeon's armies and, for the better lack of terminology, death, even though it was OCR Bone Reapers. Then from there, you're saying that the Witch Elves, Daughters of Cain, appear that they're kind of getting a little wise to Marathi's bullshit. BS. Sorry, sorry, uh, Chuck's kids didn't mean to swear. Uncle Grimdark's a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then it looks like you're saying that or what 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 we could believe is that um uh 
what else? What am I missing here? Is that is that everything? Pretty much, because uh, from what we know, or what we know that's left, Marathi is looking for, I believe, two pieces of cane still. One is being held by Sigmar himself. That's Sigmar's clutch to keep her in, in check, basically. So with that, knowing that, and her BS being called out, I think we're going to see an all-out civil war between her and her followers and everything. Okay. Basically, and then the second part of it is the last part of Kane apparently got locked in the prison cell with Slanesh. <laughs> really? So, well, if if the rumor's true, it did, which means that she's got to break that chain to get him out to get that part, so she can ascend to godhood. Well, so so it's almost like they're completely erasing everything that happened in end times. Pretty much. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But let's. Let's go to the next point of the news here. Chuck, are we good, or do you got something you wanted to – did you do your research and you got something to say, or can we move on to uh, the Underworlds release? I, well, I just have one thing here saying that they're going to revisit the cities of Sigmar fighting with Nurgle again, which was an end-time storyline, I believe, yep. with some new box set. And they were trying to tie that to uh, the Halberd uh, piece that they released as like a, a picture in the Rumor Engine. From the Warhammer community site. So, cool. is that what you heard, Justin? Was that yeah, what another one of the yeah. camp gods fighting? Well, because the the war over, the spillover between um, Ariel and and Nurgle is coming to a fruition, and the city of Sigmar, that the Living City, which is pretty much dedicated to Sylvaneth, yeah. is under siege by Nurgle, pretty hefty right now. So, okay, we're 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 probably going to see another war of attrition between those major cities. So that could be a campaign oh, box set or a book box. Or some, okay. something about matter. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's keep rolling with the news here. So this is this is a piece of the news that I want to kind of get out there as as a separate piece because um, it, it it to be honest it, it caught my attention. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is the the dire chasm and and the arena mortis. Uh, the Dire Chasm box set contains really, they're saying, everything you need to, to play, including two brand new warbands that, that represent the darkness and the light in, in the mortal realms. That, that was kind of the, the tagline that they, that they threw out there. And the Slanesh Hedonites uh, of the, I guess, the Dread Pageant, um, I guess they've entered the Living Mountain in, in search of Slanesh and, and now reveal the the sensation of endless slaughter, death, and rebirth, and and all everything that 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 um, I guess we experienced back in what what appears to me is these these cults of pleasure that were happening in Nagaroth and Ulthuan back in the uh, the eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles, seventh edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles storyline. So it seems mm-hmm. like Slanesh is kind of slipping back in there and kind of you know I guess in a way uh, you know go, you know kind of perverting, if you will, the, the, the elven uh, way of life. And I, I guess there's a new uh, range of models, and this is where I, I might be a little clueless on this one, that, that it, it's uh, uh, Myari's pur- uh, Purifiers, which, uh, and a band of Lumineth Realm Lords that are, that are pledged to, uh, I guess, fight against them. So this one really kind of caught me because it really looked like that they were really using this side piece in Warhammer Underworlds, or, or Beast Grave, whatever you want to call it, to really ramp up the storyline of Slanesh's imprisonment and, you know, uh, Slanesh factions, you know, invaders, hosts, and 
God finders host out to try to, to find their gods. So what do yeah. you guys think of this, man? I mean, Chuck, you know, you, you were holding back the last, last segment here. What, what do you got, man? What do you think? I think this looks like an interesting release. It'll be a full box set. Um, you know, I've tried to play a couple games of the of Underworlds myself, and and this looks like a good expansion. That I would just have to, you know, kind of see how the the new stuff plays out. And I definitely like the models, though. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's especially the one with like the I don't know. It's like a greenish face mask. It that. Oh looks yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually like to see that that Slanesh is kind of getting a little more of the uh, the mortal models. Yeah. So that's definitely pretty good. I mean, Justin, what are your thoughts, man? Well, we're looking at season four of the Warhammer Underworlds box set release. The two separate armies, all the cards, the you know, all the everything we need to play the game straightforward. You got two new factions, Illumineth, and you got Slanesh coming back into the fold. All new models on both sides. It's covering multiple rumor engines on both sides. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see some really cool models coming out of this and probably some really good warband stuff that can be translated to AOS. And I think the story fits. So it's kind of like all the releases are just, you know, it's like a shotgun wedding kind of thing here. Here's all the stuff for Slanesh and how the elves are dealing with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that that one I want to kind of cue in on because just something about that that release kind of says to me that that's kind of the hinge pin of the two or three storylines that are kind of you know melding together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, so let's let's kind of let's kind of water this down before we uh, we wrap up the news here. Um, so, gang, what is your what is your overall high and low? I mean, let's wrap up the Games Workshop review. I mean, what are some standout highlights that you guys have? I mean, Chuck. What, what, what do we got in this thing? What, did you, what are some things that you've heard about or saw that, that, that you, you're like, yeah, I'm really excited I, I for am this? A, I am a fan of the Warcry release and the Lava Board. That is, yeah. uh, that is where I am going to be. My focus would be um, the terrain and the heroes released in that box set. If I, if I can pick it up at a good price or get some store credit somehow, like, <laughs> I don't know, win an event and get like $20 off or something like that, uh, I think that's going to translate into um, adapting it to other game systems, possibly using it for not just uh, Games Workshop, but other systems, other right. game systems in the mix. Yeah. And I'm all about that. You know, when I pick up a, a box set or uh, let's say an Underworlds release or Warcry, like I'm trying to make those Warcry models able to be fit into my Age of Sigmar army. Uh, I'm trying to use them as monsters in other game systems that I that I can use. Um, you know, we pay uh, if we have to a, a premium for high quality miniatures, right. and it, it would be my goal to utilize that for as long as possible. Of course, yeah, that's a yeah. great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. I agree with yeah. that. Justin, your thoughts, man. What are your takeaways, man? What, what's uh, what, um, what's got you all hot and bothered with the releases? Actually, well, I wouldn't say hot and bothered, but I'm actually really excited for the the big box, the the uh, the two army deal that's coming. You know. Oh, you're you're, you're I mean you're, you're talking about um, the the shadow and pain. Sh- shadow and pain, yeah. Because ah, gotcha. Because I've been contemplating both those armies for quite a long time, and those are great springboards for me. Right. Right. Because you know. I, I, I look at this as an artist. I look at this as a painter first before I look at anything else. And a lot of the models in that box are just drawing my eye saying, build me, paint me, you know, but the same thing 
Warcry is doing the same thing too. Every model coming out from Warcry has been screaming in my ear, yeah. and I'm at that point where I'm about to just like fold and say, "Okay, I'm buying everything I can get my hands on for Warcry." And, and Justin, here's another thing: you can play like a four round or five round Warcry event in one night. So oh yeah, yeah. You, if you buy like a sixty or seventy dollar Warband which is the equivalent of like one or two boxes of Age of Sigmar stuff, which you can still play in Age of Sigmar. You could play with five different people on a Saturday night at a game store. Well, I mean, just the new armies that are in the current work, the new Warcry that's coming yeah. the, with the, the dudes on fire. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know their names, but the dudes on fire, those models are enticing me just because yeah. they're, they look like they're going to be amazing to paint. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, for, for me, my standout and, and I, Chuck, I gotta, I gotta agree with you here. Uh, my standout highlights for me are, are the catacombs, man. The Warcry catacombs are absolutely incredible. They're an instant buy for me. I already know I'm going to do it. Uh, because number one, um, you know, I'm really getting into Warcry. I, I, yeah. I poo pooed it when it first came out and I've never been so happy to be wrong about a game system in my entire life. Um, because it's a great game. I mean, both warbands in this new catacombs, uh, are really nice. The scenery looks good too. And I found it interesting. One thing that I found kind of interesting with the, with the release when they were talking about it was yeah. they, the Warhammer folks mentioned Warhammer quest, uh, on the piece about the, the war cry, uh, catacombs on the, uh, the, the, uh, the Warhammer page. So uh, I wonder if they're if they're looking to bring something back with uh, with Warhammer Quest, which you know I, I'd have to say that that was a game well, that I really enjoyed back in the day. You know, probably second only to uh, Mordheim. They did Silver Tower. I mean, yeah. that was that game was good, right, Justin? Yeah, Silver Tower was good, and you got a lot of you got a lot of the the big names that are currently running around for certain yeah. armies in it. So, I mean, it was, that was a good box. Uh, if they could find a way to tie in. Warhammer Quest or Hero Quest or you know whatever iteration they decide to put it in into Underworlds or Warcry, then go for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it right. would be a, it'd be a good sell. Yeah, you know, and, and but I just for for me the catacombs is the highlight. You know, the the shadow stalkers oh, yeah. look amazing. I think both both the Slanesh and the daughters uh, heroes look great. And you know, to be honest with you, it's funny because. I will probably buy the the, 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 the Warcry Catacombs box set and sell the models uh, because I, I really don't play Slan unless I'm unless I'm using the Prave Drove for my Beast of Chaos. I don't really play Slanesh and I don't play Daughters uh, at all. So I'll probably well, I will I'll pick the models up off of you because I just for me I, I have you know some type of collection, but I have tended to buy individual hero models and just paint them or convert them for fun and put them on twitter so cool. Cool. well i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah. then, then, then chuck they're yours man when i when i get the, when i get Justin the guitar box they're yours. Jump in and say the same thing i think though too <laughs> yeah well yeah. i mean that's the thing is when i go into when i go into a game it depending on any what it is i usually go full bore into it so if i if yeah. i start into war cry i'm gonna have a war band of every faction so right. it's just, it's just oh, the way that, that's the way that. it'll end up yeah, yeah. And, and i got and i gotta right. say this oh go ahead sorry I was gonna say, Justin, are you a completionist? Like, do you? That's what you want is like. One yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I've stated a few times that I'm trying to have at least a 2,000 point army of every faction of AOS. Oh. That's, that's built and paint, built and painted, so it can be lent out for new players, things of that matter, so we can grow our community. That's that's my ultimate goal. Right. Awesome. Yeah, that was my goal too, and I ended up with thirteen armies, and and they're all partially painted or still in boxes. 
hey, welcome to my world. Yeah, but you want to know something? (laughs) This is all an extension of not having a nice mic. The reason why Chuck gets everything done, he's got a nice (laughs) microphone. That's really what it is. It's because of the microphone. <laughs> it's, it's literally because of the microphone. But, but I, would, I, I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this before I wrap up the news. Is the Broken Realms was I was kind of I was kind of teetering back and forth between you know what my what my favorite takeaway was, and what what did it for me to not choose Broken Realms is I'm I'm nervous that they're going to have more of those god awful endless spells. Uh, oh, you know they will. Well, I, I, I'm, will. I'm I'm all in favor for for more things that that move the narrative forward and and help build and and flesh out you know the settings more. I'm all about that. Uh, yeah. But but please, Games Workshop, GW, man, no more endless spells. We're done. We're, can we can we be done now? I, I I'm what, just... what, what do we now have? Thirty of them? Forty of them? Well, let's put. So, go ahead. I I'm was going to say, remember they're a miniature company too. <laughs> too too so, literal, Chuck. You're being too serious. I it's too short of a sentence. <laughs> you, 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 you know what? Though, so in his defense, he plays D and D, and he uses them probably to, when fireballs are flying down the alleys. So, no, no, I, it, right. It, you know, it, it just it adds flavor here and there. And exactly. Then it, you know, okay. I buy okay. A box, I use three of the endless spells, and then I look at the rest of the endless spells in the box on the shelf, and it makes me think that I could paint them one day. So so let me let me kind of rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. If if we get more endless spells before we get the rest of the Lumineth or the Sons of Behemoth, then yeah. that's gonna be my that's gonna be where I'll, I'll have to get on my soapbox again, man, and I'm gonna have to complain. And I will do nope. it. Another thing about the endless spells is that they are usable for conversions. Like the original axe or scythe that came out in I think the first box set was yeah. uh usable on like treatment or something like that and and it offers like a another weapon option so you know, i've I, done that before too i've seen i saw somebody do that with a with a with a warhammer uh imperial knight they made yeah. like a uh, a gallant <laughs> they did they, they they made a gallant and they took a, a really? 3D printed hand and they put that axe in in his hand i saw that yeah yeah oh i've, I've seen several conversions where they're using like the, the Melanus Sorceress or any of those other pieces that are out of the main box and they are just holding these giant balls of energy. They're getting ready to whip yeah. at people. I mean, there there's tons of conversions you can do with that stuff. Right. Well, folks, uh, anything, uh, guys, anything else in the news before we wrap it up and, and move on to our main topic of the show? No, just that uh, GW's got three uh, video games coming too. That's about it. Well, do tell, do tell. Well, the three game, the three of them they got coming. They've got one for. Necromunda, which is, looks like it's going to be a tactical combat. They've got a new version of Blood Bowl 3 coming. And then the big one that I saw that I'm kind of interested in was the Age of Sigmar one, which is Stormground. And that is going to be a tactical simulation fighting of Stormcast Eternals versus Death. Is that coming out uh, on Switch? Wait, is that coming out on Switch? I don't know. <laughs> It's supposed to be cross-platform, so you know, it's it, it says it says PC, Switch, PlayStation Four, and okay. Xbox One. So I remember on we talked about this on the show about a year or so ago, maybe more, uh, and it was it was a quick little blurb uh, on the Warhammer community page that yeah, they, this that, that one, was in development. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, now. this one says it's supposed to be hitting us twenty twenty one, so sometime next year. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, uh, pretty. Pretty cool. I'll probably stick to the tabletop, but that's that's pretty cool. But hey, before we wrap up the news, is that it, guys, or do we got anything else? That's all I know of. Chuck? 
That's all I got. Okay. So here, here's here's what we want to do. I, I, I heard that there was some uh, mild griping from uh, some of our, our, our listeners out there about when we introduce the question of the day. So... You know, to, to limit the griping uh, that uh, that I've been hearing out there, you know, because hey, we 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 got, we got to pander to the crowd, man. We're we're running, we're doing a show here. No, we got to do our show our way. This is not about the masses. They don't <laughs> rule us. We're in charge. Uh, Chuck Giordino will be. We respect all listeners. Okay. Chuck Giordino <laughs> will be running for mayor. Uh, please look for his <laughs> ticket as a write-in. Some political office somewhere in the United States. That's right. Stateside. That's right. And, and yes, his. <laughs> wow. All right. No. Uh, so so he, here it is. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give everybody uh, listening the, the the question of the day early, but I, but don't answer it. You don't answer it. You know, try to reserve yourself. Hold hold back a little bit. You know, uh, promise yourself you're not going to answer it before we get to the part of where we officially ask it. Just like you always promise yourself you're not going to buy any more models so you paint the ones you have. Oh, I did I really just say that? That's terrible. Bust out the memes because here they come. So, yeah, so here it go. is. So here's the question of the day for later. Don't answer it right now. But what we're going to be asking is what army in Age of Sigmar is most complete that you would say? Now, look at it across the board. The, the army that you would say is the most balanced, pointed correctly, uh, has the most synergies between units, is compatible with other with other armies of, the say, the same Grand Alliance. Uh, so so hold that thought, but that's the question of the day that's going to be coming up here towards the end of the show. What army in Age of Sigmar is most complete that, that you would say? And Chuck's writing this one down. Actually, he's writing his mayoral <laughs> campaign slogan to all of you. All right. Well, here it is, guys. We're going to be right back with uh, with with our main topic, and our main topic on tonight's show is is Age of Sigmar finally balanced. So coming uh, coming right back. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. All right, we are back, and we are going to be jumping into uh, the, the the main topic tonight. So, here, here it is, folks, and, and I think um, I, I, I think I, I think this is going to be kind of a uh, a topic that I think is going to um, 
really kind of kind of hit all the all the points in our little game here. And and tonight we're really going to be focusing on balance, specifically in our game of Age of Sigmar. And I don't think uh, any war game that I've ever played has been able to really escape the discussion. But but as each war game has its own levels uh, to create balance, it, it's really hard to to speak about each one universally. So I think we're going to try to try to touch on maybe some other examples of some other games outside of Age of Sigmar. But for the most part, we're going to just stick with with AOS. And with that in mind, gentlemen, let's let's jump right into this thing, man. So now, guys, post the the, the, the GW uh, Games Workshop. Uh, uh, book the, the the ghb 2020 release and the elimination of say things like realm artifacts and bringing armies back into their battle tomes if you will um i'd really like to talk about balancing uh this game and 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 about how the game is perceived to be balanced um has this edition solved things like power creep do we see or do we anticipate rules bloat, etc.? You know, a lot of people were talking about, you know, being afraid of rules bloat because of the book bloat, quote-unquote, with the Wrath of the Everchosen that came out. But overall, is the game more balanced now than it was? So, uh, gang, I'll throw it out there to you guys. I mean, what, what are your early thoughts on the balance of the game in the new edition that, that is currently with us, the General's Handbook 2020 and, and all that we got? Um, I have to go completely to left field here. I don't think we have balance. Okay. All right. And, All right. That's a good answer. And, and I've got a lot of reasons as to why. Fair. Fair. Okay. So, Justin, Justin, do you think that some of the previous issues were either solved or addressed? Some of the issues were solved and some were addressed. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Some of the some of the problems that were act actively going forward into the GHB 2020 yeah. were taken care of. But you created a whole another slew of problems when you when you started putting limiters on things. When you started putting, um, when you started saying, "Well, you can't do this, you can't do that," or your point changes were so excessive in certain areas. Yeah. That armies were able to dump more onto the table that, you know, changed or upset the overall balance of the of that particular book or okay. other books. So okay, so then let's start with what were the armies that had the major issues before June, July when the GHB twenty twenty was released? What would you say would be your one that you had the most problems with? Well, I mean, we keep going back. We go back to chaos quite a lot, and in terms of like yeah. slaves of slaves of darkness, slaves okay. slaves of darkness keeps getting kicked in the teeth by every point change that comes across, and every FAQ rules hit that completely just takes their rule that, that was as written and yeah. throws flips it on their ear, to okay. the point where you have a very limited way to build that list to make it right. effect, effective. And every other army that's out there can build around that limitation and just, just take it off the table. Okay. So that's so, what I'm talking so, about in terms of like the, the balance issue on it was it was either overpowered or it's too underpowered. So they went from one end to the other. Right. Um, so my, my thing, and I play one of the armies, uh, was uh, one of them was Slanesh. I had two different tournaments where I played Slanesh during various rounds and I just couldn't compete against them. In fact, almost got tabled by turn two. And so I was 
sort of glad that they made moderate changes to that and mm -hmm. addressed some of those issues. The second, which I played them, was uh, Zinch. So okay. I think that the point changes that they made to, let's say, Flamers and Gaunt Summoner and the rules changes with that sort of help that situation. Well, it does. Yeah. It it okay. does. It definitely does. Let, let me let me kind of break in here because you guys are you guys are really uh, you know digging deep with with the gold shelf. Taking the you conversation guys, away. Well, from no, no, no. And, and and I love I love the direction you guys are going in, but I kind of want to pull it back here a little bit because I think okay. I think we need to massage the topic just a little bit because as the word balance is, is one that that that, really, that for me is and I think for anybody is really truly hard to define uh, its actual true meaning uh, and and that's really codependent on the context that you're trying to explain as well as right. having its own, you know, deterministic value of success that varies between most people um, that, that I think uh, it, it really is truly a hard term in regards to tabletop gaming to define. So, so here's what I want to ask you, and Chuck, I'm going to start with you first. What does balance, I mean, we're talking about tabletop gaming, but what does balance sure. actually mean to you in regards to Age of Sigmar? And then, and then Justin, that's your, that's your question after that. Okay. So balance for me would be uh, if the average player who doesn't have the knowledge of uh, the min-max build mm -hmm. builds an army to the point where it's not over the top, like a one-drop build that will always make the opponent take first turn so that they can potentially have a back-to-back -back turn on turn one and to turn two. Right. Um so the game can at least be played out till turn three or four. That way, you at least have a few die rolls of who goes first, and then some playability into the first hour of the game, maybe into hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, so at least the other person feels like they had a good game. If you get that back-to-back -back turn, whether it be turn one or two, or two and three, uh, some people feel like the rug was sort of pulled out from underneath them. Okay. Whether it's a one or two drop build or everything had such a a power build that they on deployment didn't feel that they had a chance. Okay, Does so 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 no, I like the way that you went right for the mechanics okay. of the game. I think that's sure. I think that's awesome. I mean, that's actually something that a lot of people wouldn't go towards. I wouldn't have. So I think that's really brilliant the way that you went to that. I mean, Justin, what when when you with your definition of balance in Age of Sigmar, what do you think that that is? Well, it's kind of the same. It's on the same line as what Chuck was saying. It's, okay. and, and I got a primary example of that is, you know, you have the the Night Haunt who have their ability for Ethereal where they, they basically ignore Rens and then they have their death save. Well, this last week I played versus a Dragfoot. Oh, so um, you, you played Night Haunt? I was playing Night Haunt and okay. I was playing against Dragfoot. And Dragfoot's ability is. Any negation of rend is just ignored, so they rend you regardless, right, and right, they erase yeah. and they erase your death save. Yep. So so yeah, right the, there, is right right there, you're going into the game and you're already at a major disadvantage because the army's designed specifically to take you out. So that yeah. in terms of that in terms of balance doesn't sit right because it should never be something that completely negates an entire books abilities you mean like the ward save like getting rid of that it, yeah i guess where it got rid of the ward save it got rid of my my ability to even have anything so i'm literally just a four plus armor 
plus whatever ren they throw at me because you know it's just they believe that it's okay. you know it, so it's so, like okay you get you get tabled you, i mean i could fight back because i'm i'm a seasoned player but right you know it's but it's the same thing that chuck said if you're not a seasoned player and you come into that situation you feel like the rug got pulled out from already. Okay, you, you, so you feel, you feel like that you're at a disadvantage from day one. I, I like where both of you came from right off the bat. I like the fact that you know now, Justin, you're talking about the certain abilities, the innate abilities of certain armies in comparison to others. When Chuck was going for the the actual the functionality of the game, right? And, and here's my take on it. Um, you know, strictly speaking, I think balance would mean that every army would be on equal playing field meaning you could simply turn up with any battle tome and, and have an equal chance of winning uh, an event or a game uh, you know, to any other battle tome in comparison. You could argue right. that uh, further to, to some people, it may mean that you could simply um, you know, use anything from any battle tome and you could stand a good chance as, as any other. You know, my own view on, on the, the term as far as you know, what, when we talk about you know, what's what's balance you know what does that what does that mean as far as you know tabletop gaming my own view on the term is that in an ideal world we would we would have or we would be in a situation where every battle tome has multiple viable builds that can compete at a, you know say a 5 and 0 at, at a major tournament yeah. to give you know and, and to really put that in kind of in a in a in a mathematical phrase or kind of batten that down as far as an assumption because i've thought about this quite a bit over the years i'd say that each army Within say a two to five percent of each other in regards to win loss ratio would would be balance, and that kind of I think it's kind of interesting. The reason reason why I'm really kind of excited about what you guys both said is, I think my point is that barometer between what both of you just said, uh, yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and I and I didn't tee it up that way. That was kind of my thought when I asked you guys that question, and then to hear you know Chuck, you go for the functionality of the of of the game itself, and then Justin, you go for more of the innate abilities. Uh, was really kind of was really kind of interesting, but I mean, does, does that does that make sense to you? My point on, on oh yeah, balance it, it definitely does. And I mean, another another point to that as well is a lot of this game's balance comes from luck of the draw. I mean, well, especially especially in a, a tournament situation. Well, it's not just the dice though. I'm talking like a tournament situation, like you were saying. It's the opponent you get pitted against because you don't know what you're going to be fighting against, and you have to kind of build around that. But if you don't, if your book doesn't have that functionality, that's where you can hit a lack of balance as well. So there's a bunch of things that can lead to an imbalance in the game. Yeah, okay. and so to Justin's point, I mean, you're looking at trying to build or balance your army, and probably a combination thereof both as to what your army will actually run around. Does it run around more shooting? Does it run around getting into right. combat turn one? to pile in and attack continuously over and over. Is there a mortal wound aspect to your army? You know, do you have the ability to put, you know, 5D3 mortal wounds in a six-inch area to take out two to three heroes turn one or two? So if, if you're not built to deal with those situations or you build to counter those situations, like let's say Justin has mortal wound saves for most of his characters, well... If I'm a mortal wound dealing army, I can't kill his characters because they have those saves. So when you are pitted against an opponent who has the complete opposite build and can take you out, and then you don't have the counter to that, that's what makes it difficult to play against. So you want to try and build for the middle of the road, but then that can become difficult if somebody builds, like, let's say, a Zinch army with negative two rend and 
five units of flamers and they have i don't know 10 d6 shots per turn you know something sure, yeah. like sure. that something goofy it, it, like it, that it's the old adage. It's the catch twenty-two. You're 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 damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. So it's like you 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 got to take what you know can do your hitting, but yeah. you got to also take what you know is going to be your saviors. And sometimes a lot of the books don't allow you to take both because of points or because of rules, or they just yep. there's no synergy. You know, there's all this stuff that leads into what balance can be. And I guess the best way to the way I I would probably say the best way for me to look at balance is what works for my play style and just go with it you okay. know instead of in, let, instead let me, of just instead of building around everybody else let me tie together you know the other points you guys just made and and, and i want to make sure that 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 what i say reflects back to what you guys what you guys were saying yeah so so uh, another route that you guys have said you know bouncing off what you guys said initially of balance could uh could we could we could infer that when when referring to age of sigmar would be that every army has the same options as every other army, you know, you would have a template for melee, ranged attacks, uh, hero, and and you know, add a dabble of flavor to, to each battle tone while retaining similar traits. That's pretty much what you guys are saying that I that I'm hearing, which uh, are solid points. But so here's my here's my here's my ten dollar question for each one of you guys. And and this is now we're coming back around to to kind of what 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 Chuck and and, and Justin, which you guys started with at the beginning of the the, the top of, the top of this topic. But here's here's the question: Is balance possible within Age of Sigmar? Go ahead, Chuck. I'll, I'll let you. I, so I think with how Games Workshop approaches their army builds, that each book is inherently susceptible to another release either at the same time or later on. So balance in of itself is going to be difficult for a book, let's say, uh, Slanesh. Okay. They are, they're a primary summoning and close combat related army. They don't have many long ranged attacks. So uh, they're, counter could be, let's say a, a long range shooting army well uh, if i took a uh age of oh, i'm sorry let's go with a cities of sigmar army that has six steam tanks in it and i need choose to hit i could take out let's say many greater demons on turn one or two before they even have the option to get to me and even if they had the, had the option to get to me i have screens i have uh msu units in front of my tank so they can't just charge me and kill me and then make me strike last um, the, and there's other examples of this that, that we could go into depth and, and look into. Uh, so there are going to be counters all the time. So, uh, you know, with how GW does those releases, I don't know if, if say, like a quote-unquote balance for each book could be achieved, because I think there's some design aspect into each one to give them strengths and weaknesses. Okay. And whether or not they're, uh, you know, citing on a combat-focused book, like, let's say, Big Wog, with the most recent release, you know, of of that codex, Iron Jaws or whatever. Right. Um, uh, they're focused on throwing massive units across the table turn one and two and getting units of 10, 20, and 30 orcs into combat. Uh, and... If you don't have a counter to that, it's it's going to be tough. Like okay. making like going first and then not letting them get turn one charges, or setting up thirty inches deep 
and making them go first so that then you can get back-to-back turns and counter them. All right. All right, Justin, what, what say you, man? Is first, it achievable in Age of Sigmar? It almost sounds like he stole my Greywater Fastness. Right there, but hey, that's okay. But talk about Greywater Fastness. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the exact same. It's, is there achievable balance? There, you know what? There is, but it's, like I said, it's a catch-22. I mean, it depends on the book. And then it, when you go into the book, Cities of Sigmar example, Cities of Sigmar has got six different city builds. And yep. each one of those six different city builds can be built in a dozen different ways based upon the sheer volume of units and synergies. So, again, it, it balance is achievable, but it's tough. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, well, it, well tough. tough doesn't necessarily mean impossible. And, and look, let, let me let me no, let me, I'm let not, me. And I'm not saying it is impossible. So, so let me let me rear back to what what you guys are saying because you guys have both brought up battle tomes, right? So let's boil all the water out of the pot here and look at the game as we know it right now. You know, with the new release, General's Handbook 2020, here's what we know right now. We currently have uh, 24 battle tomes, and we have a confirmed two more that are on their way, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, If we consider reasonably that each battle tome has, say, uh, and and guys, forgive me with this, but I'm going to kind of do a little, you know, Chuck said earlier, paint with a little bit of broad brush, but it'll make sense. So... If we consider reasonably that each battle tome has four sub-factions and each battle tome has, say, 20 options that quickly land us at, I don't know, say, thousands of different combinations of rules, with that idea of the number of combinations, you know, disregarding any allies, of course, you know, there's a possibility there. That's just the battle tome rules, war scroll rules, sub-faction rules, all on top of that. You know, if, right. if you have a course of spells, war scroll abilities, command abilities, and the spells, all of realms, all that stuff included. But the reality of achieving balance, I guess the best way to put it, I don't think GW has, and I'm going back to reality here, not just what you guys are talking about, but I don't think GW has the playtesting power. I mean, you've heard people complain about it over the years in, in the community. I don't think they have the playtesting power or have the overall setup to be able to keep the numbers uh, that close to each other. And I'm referring to my earlier two to 5% comment from earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it would require a much more reactive approach to, to play testing and data collection, going to uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, some type of a documented rule set that, that enables uh, or a more robust documented rule set that enables very quick tuning of, of, of points if need be, rather than flash FAQs. Uh, it would require intensive play testing, which I think we can tell by even the Ogre Maw Tribes book hasn't happened. Uh, with, you know, w- on top of that play testing, with massive amounts of games being played each day to draw data from all the possible combinations that, that, that I just assumed that were out there. So, right. you know, in, in taking kind of all that together, and then what I'm trying to do here is kind of take what you guys are saying, because it's a hell of a lot more intelligent than I'm going to spit out, and, and mush it all together into a mud ball, throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. So here's my next, my next question to you guys. What route could GW take to achieve balance within Age of Sigmar? I mean, any ideas? I mean, other than, other than what I just said as far as playtesting and all that. A stumper, huh? Well, no. I, you know, it, it's a good point that you bring up. But to, I, I think Games Workshop currently is in such a release mode right. and 
battle tome production cycle that uh, they may not have all of the uh, playtesters available to playtest every combination. I don't think that's where they're currently at. You know, I, I think they're in a mode of, one, trying to update old books like they did last fall with Cities of Sigmar. Right. Um, two, they they have a production team that's currently working on games, secondary games, online games with PCs and Switches and Playstations that they're trying to also keep up with miniature releases that coincide with those potentially maybe not all the time right but so that they keep the gamer interested on one both a platform level and a miniature level okay um, we we have gamers that want to play the video games and they want to paint the miniatures that are on the video games right and, and that's a, a one-two punch they can get the miniature sold they can release a game and the gamer can play the game while they're at work hopefully not uh, hopefully they just play it at home. Let's all be professional. Yes. Uh, but to that point, I don't think they have the, you know, hundreds of tabletop gamers at their location in Nottingham to playtest all these combinations. So to them, it's more of trying to stay on a release schedule, but also keep gamers happy so that they release enough to keep the ADHD gamer uh, interested, let's say, because I, I have adult hyperactive disorder or whatever it is, attention deficit disorder. Right. Uh, and, and I jump from orcs to stormcast to uh, whatever there is. Right. And uh, I just I want to paint and have fun. I just I want to live my youth out when I played Warhammer twenty years ago on a right. No, I, and, I, and, yeah. and, I, and I get you. Your point, you know, you got to think about those ADHD gamers or on the other side yeah. of the spectrum, all those gamers that, you know, have got their heads filled with beer hops and bong resin. I mean, anywhere in between there, you got to, you got to make sure, but I, I guess, so, so yeah, I agree with that. I do. I, I think, I think, you know, yeah. but I think what I'm hearing you say is that maybe GW is right now going for more uh, quantity than quality. Is that accurate? Yeah, potentially. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, even with all that, I mean, you still have, you do have a potential for balance that's given, but sure. there, there's there's one big factor in any game you play, and it could be Monopoly, it could be it could be Risk, it could be Age of Sigmar, 40k, you name it, and it's that single item that we all have to use, and that's the dice. That's <laughs> that is the only thing in the entire game that will never allow us to balance the game out 100%. Yeah, I mean, may, yeah. may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. We say it on the show here all the time. Because right. the more dice you throw, the bigger the advantage you have. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, you know, and, and all that aside, though, the, when, when I look at, when I personally look at what route could GW take to, to achieve, you know, balance, uh, in, in why do I always think of Qui Gon Jinn, you know, or, or some Jedi balance? Why do I have balance of the Force? I, I, I've got like Sir Alec Guinness, Obi Wan Kenobi, Jinn? you know, because we've been inundated with Star Wars for uh, our entire something. life. But, but I think when I go Let's back, let's get Baby Yoda in on this if we're doing Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. you know, you know, Chuck. Now I'm going to go back to that point you just made about ADHD and you know beer hops and bong resin. You know, that's me right now. I'm somewhere bouncing between both points. No, uh, when, when I think about a route that possibly GW could achieve, and I, and, and yeah. I think this my, my comment here is probably going to take a far back seat to what you guys just said, but I think GW could simply reduce the amount of rules that are currently on War Scrolls. 
uh, army abilities uh, and sub faction abilities that that really bring you know that and and I would have to say that could bring war scrolls a lot closer to you know to each other in terms of stats and rules i think that would allow the balancing of points to a finer degree and reduce the amount of variables to test i think maybe they i think maybe they tried to yeah that, for, that's a that's that's a very solid point i mean you look at the death faction alone and you've got four to six different variations of the deathless save yeah. so, and they're all different based upon which faction you're fighting out of death or where where you're from i mean the one for night haunt is you have to be within nine inches of your heroes while ocr bone reapers theirs is pretty much anywhere on the table right you know so there should be some form of if there was a balance or consolidation there where it's okay deathless save is that's the name of the save it carries across the entire the entire order of death then there you go it, i mean that would that would problem solve a lot of rules issue and bloat not respect yeah okay yeah i i really i i agree with that but i mean so so let me, let me just ask you guys this and, and chuck i'm gonna throw this at you because this is kind of piggybacks this is something that, that popped into my mind from something you said earlier i i guess here's the question uh do we really want the game to be balanced i mean think about it i mean all those gamers what are they gonna have to bitch about that, that, that's a good, that's a good question and i mean <laughs> You, you kind of have to revert a little bit backwards to my earlier comment that I I made. Games Workshop. That's why I asked you. A miniatures company. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, the classic gamer wants to play the same army for five to ten years. But, you know, if we're not buying paint and painting new miniatures or getting books or uh, whatever purchasing something right uh, to continue our game and move it forward then that company will no longer exist and then we will not have a game to play so oh, yeah we or all have an army will exist <laughs> exactly i mean and i and i've got friends who um that i've known for 20 years they're not happy with the current setup of age of sigmar and they have opted not to play as often but I still stay in touch with them so that hopefully when they release a book that they like, they'll jump back on the board wagon for nine to 12 months. And then I can go to a couple more tournaments with my friends and hang out, drink beer and roll dice right. because uh, our current environment of uh, exploited uh, diseases um, does not perpetuate well with socializing with other people. So I would right. like to have fun with my friends and hang out in major cities around the United States or internationally and uh, roll dice. So. And I got to tell you, Chuck, I missed the hell out of you, man. <laughs> yeah. See, he, he got real quiet there because he was like, oh, gosh, Gannon's going to make this really creepy. That's later, man. That's going to be later. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. When, when I think, you know, do I want the game to be balanced? I mean, I, th I think the common answer to, to kind of back back this up is yes. Um, I think that balance. Of yes. Yeah, yes. I, I think I think that balance is what we would like, but in the same breath, yeah. I don't think anyone really wants this game of ours to be as, as Sean so in, in the chat so elegantly put it before chess, uh, which really to me is is the delta zero in terms of balance. Um, I mean, uh, uh, agreed to that point. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, y- you know that it's probably not going to be balanced, but you want it to be balanced. Just right. like you want to be paid a lot, but you probably aren't going to make a lot per hour. Right? Damn it. I'm broke. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I don't, I, I wish I made more. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so broke, I can't even pay attention. Ugh. You're in a different boat, Pat, okay? Well, you know, it, 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 it helps that I, I married into money. You know, she she owned a lot of liquor stores, so that helps, too. Hey, I'm going to come visit and get some uh, VODKAs. There so. you go, man. There you go. I mean, to, to, to be honest, to be honest, and, and you know, and, and take the concept of, of complete balance back to the roots of this example. Let me just say this right here. Yeah. If, if we go to the core roots of tabletop gaming and, and look at, say, chess, Sean, damn you, bastard, you got me talking about chess now. But, 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 but to, to continue to continue with that example, chess is probably considered the most balanced tabletop game. I mean, in all reality, uh, you know, you, you really have two sets of pieces that do the exact same thing, move the exact same way and, and, and have the exact same scenario every single time. Everything is equal on either side. But to me, that isn't the type of balance we really are wanting right guys i mean it it, it, it no. is, that isn't the type of balance we really want right i i don't want balance at the expense of fluff lore and making everything cookie cutter i, I, I you know just plain i it doesn't it's like okay oh, hey, you got a battle line that hits on this wounds on this and has this armor save and here's a special unit that hits on this wounds on this and hey your opponent's got the exact same thing ah uh-uh, no Okay. So variation to your army is what makes the game enticing uh, right. when you don't know who you're going to be set up against. I mean, that's part of the aspect when we play. Do we have uh, an army that moves 10 to 16 inches and flies, or are we a bunch of foot sloggers and 150 models running across the battlefield? Right. Right. Okay. okay. All right. You know, and and that's and that's and I like that point because I think I, I kind of contradicted myself here, and I kind of thought about it the reason why I asked that question because, you know, when I said you know the common answer is yeah we want it to be balanced, and I thought about it, I said I don't know if I really if I really want it necessarily to be balanced because you know, you you want that you want that added you know kind of task at hand you know like uh, right. if you know that you're an ogre unit you're pretty tough but you know if you're an ogre unit going up against say rock gut trogoths yeah. <laughs> you might not be so tough and there are some things that even right. that, that would that would compel you to have to think differently but okay so more to come on this topic uh is is age of sigmar finally balanced coming up here right after the break be right back guys <laughs> Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, Dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. 
So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, man. We are we are we are back, and we are going to uh, get back into the. Um, see, the, these guys they can't keep their mouth closed, man. They're over here. We're trying to get back into the show, and they're yammering on. It's like, it's like there's a fire at the bridge club with these two old ladies. This is crazy. Hey, you you brought up an excellent topic, and we're just we're still going. So oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, so so here it is, guys. Here we are back back talking about Age of Sigmar. Is it finally balanced? And and um, I think where we left off with our conversation of is balance really what we want in Age of Sigmar? And, and, and guys, you know, uh, and, and, and here I go again, damn you, Sean, uh, using the concept of chess, let, let's look at some game systems that are really closer to our game in terms of fantasy tabletop games that are currently on the market and being played right now. So off the top of my head, uh, there's this new game called Conquest. Uh, there's Kings of War and this newly revealed Oathmark. Now, two out of the three I'm pretty familiar with, Oathmark and, and Kings of War. Now, all of these are rank and flank, sure, but uh, they do fall into the fantasy game. Now, have you guys have you guys heard of these game systems? Yep. I know Conquest pretty well. Okay. Chuck, Kings of War, all that? Have you, uh, Oathmark, War, yeah. all that? Okay. Yeah. Kings of War. Okay, well, and I'm not I'm not going to hear to you know to, to really say anything negative about these games. I mean, the only, only thing I will say negative is is the ninth age. I don't understand that. You guys are a bunch of whack jobs, and here on the show we call that uh, evil, awful Brand X. Just go ahead and play eighth edition with some house rules, you bunch of lunatics. But I'm done with saying that now. Um, so h- here it is. Um, all of these games that we just mentioned, you know, Kings of War, you know, Conquest, Oathmark, you know, and other games like it, you know, all these games have really, they, they have a stylish game flow and the games are fun in their own right. Don't get me wrong. But I think these games do an excellent job of balancing, balancing, there's that word again, uh, their respective armies. But I think it comes at a cost. I, I really do. And I think what I mean is this, the cost uh, is at the detriment of of the game enjoyment over a long period of time. Do, do you guys kind of, you know, Chuck, Justin, do you guys kind of sort of see what I'm saying here? In a way. I mean, are you saying that the game enjoyment decreases over time because the place because of the play style? Yeah, and yeah, and and let me let me okay. kind of explain a little bit more because uh, I, I maybe I kind of clunked out on my explanation there, but. The, the units in games like Conquest and Kings of War tend to be very similar to each other. You know, Oathmark, yes. because it's very new, the units are very limited and are similar at the same time. In other yeah. words, if, if you're a melee fighter, you tend to have a very similar stat line to those roles in other armies, regardless of what you are, human, elf, dwarf, goblin, whatever it is. If you're okay. a ranged unit, you tend to have a similar stat line to those ranged units from the army, again, regardless of whatever you are. And there, there is very little in terms of special rules or, or, or two or three special rules, which gives them any sort of distinguishable differences. And, okay. and this is where I think these games have lost a lot of dynamics among armies at the cost of balance. And this is what I meant when I was saying before, at the cost of balance. Yeah. And where I, I, I wouldn't want you know, to have uh, loss of those dynamics at the cost of balance is, is in games like that. Now, you, know, you have achieved balance, 
but the gameplay and the dynamics, the satisfaction of one game after another over a long period of time has flatlined. Like you were saying, yeah, flatlined yeah. or kind of, you know, yeah. people get bummed out. Now, yep. and, and I think we have that, meaning dynamics, in Age of Sigmar currently. I mean, would you guys agree to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're I personally think we're starting to see a little bit of a plateau on it, but we do have it. You know, personally, from the GHB 2020, with the new scenarios that they released, I think there's a little bit of a a change up between uh, how you have to play scenarios and and gain objectives. But I mean, uh, probably over the next three to six months, maybe the plateau. Hopefully, it'll change. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I almost would have wanted. I almost wanted to see more in the GHB of how you gain objectives or control of them, which units could do it, because that would have changed a lot of the balance of. Well, they, the they, they kind of do that. They kind of do that in the base rule book, right? I mean, if it's not mentioned, it's six inches, unless the scenario specifies. No, 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 I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about like the six inches, the three inches. I'm talking okay. a specific unit type. So, like monster battle monster, line, battle hero. line hero. Yeah. Yes. Most of the so, scenarios are snag and grab or snag and go. They don't really yes. require you to sit on them. There's like one or two scenarios where it's like only your battle line can do it, and only on the turn that it actually gets there, you know, can it attempt to take that that objective. You know, I, I would have preferred if we saw more of that because that could have changed the dynamic of armies on so a whole other level. I'm going to jump in here and say I support what Justin is saying because. The two tournaments I ran in 2019 basically revolved around this. So one okay. was called Monster Mash, and it was an incentivizing tournament to push monsters within army lists. So right. uh, every objective that we had was basically either increased in the amount of points that you had if a monster controlled it, or if a monster destroyed the unit that currently controlled that objective. Okay. Second... The scenarios I designed for FlatCon of 2019 revolved around battle line scenario, uh, heroes or monsters controlling those objectives. Okay, and 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 I, I like how that's an added spice that you put right. in. That was something that you generated for your, you know, autonomously for your tournament. Sure. Um, and, and I I think that that's I think that's what's one of the things I love about tournaments. I, I think that if tournaments don't do that. It's just another another way to pay for a game you can normally play for free. Uh, sure. And, and, and folks, as a side note, FlatCon is awesome. This guy, Chuck Giardina, runs a hell <laughs> of a tournament. And and we're going to be kind of combining forces here, man, with Armed Forces Day and, and FlatCon moving down the line. So so more stuff to come from that. And um, But, yeah, no, but, but I agree completely with what you're saying. But let, let me kind of give you my two cents in a tin can, if I will, on uh, what I think as far as, you know, do we have, you know, uh, you know, do we have do we have dynamics, and do we have you know, um, do we have those things in Age of Sigmar? I, I think, yeah. I think one of the strongest things Age of Sigmar has going for it is is the amount of dynamics they have in units, uh, characters, diversity that this game has throughout the armies itself, each individual army in comparison to others, and that's where I think gamers have a misunderstanding of balance and that's kind of where i wanted to kind of address that i mean mm -hmm. uh, and again i'll kind of restate that I, I i think 
the strongest things that Age of Sigmar has going for it right now is the amount of dynamics they have as far as units. One unit is very rarely ever like the other. Characters are very uh, diverse. Army settings are, you know, even playability are very diverse. And uh, as I said, I think the game has throughout has that throughout each and every army is what I'm trying to say. And, and that's where I think the you know gamers, they have a misunderstanding of, of balance. They would say to themselves, well, hey, I got this unit of, of Iron Guts here. Why can't I just go up against a unit of Rock Gut, you know, Trogoths and, and beat the snot out of them? Well, because, you know, there, there's a difference in variables of rend and damage and ward save and, and things like that, that, that maybe that's, um, that, that they're not, they're, they're rationalizing as ill-balanced, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, thoughts on this so far? I mean, did that, did that my, my statement make sense? No, oh, that, it, it makes that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And uh, like I said, I, I think I think the dynamics and the differences between armies in, in a tabletop game has an inverse relationship with how balance can truly be. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm still saying that. I mean, if we look back to Age of Sigmar, it's the exact opposite. You know, bar, a, say, a, a mirror match with, with you know, uh, the, the exact same models under the exact same sub-faction with the exact same battle tome. You know, every match is, is played with two different, you know, uh, sets of pieces, uh, which, you know, everyone does a different thing, uh, you know, in a new scenario for every single game. So I think when, when you take a comparison of even from the, the chess comparison to Age of Sigmar or even those other three game systems that we talked about to Age of Sigmar, that's where I think Age of Sigmar does stand out because I think we have that diversity and those dynamics and those armies. But what I don't think we have in the community is, is a real solid understanding of balance. Now, don't get me wrong. We have nothing in the game right now where you have a, a, a 40, you know, um, a, a 40 unit, you know, a 40 squad unit or a, a model unit that's got, you know, a fours by four, you know, three attacks, fours by fours, two inch reach for, for 50 points. None of that stuff exists, in a, you know, as far as battle lines. So we don't have anything where that's out now. It's just absurdity. We have a lot of opinions, but mm -hmm. I, I think we don't, I think as far as a community goes, I don't think we have a good understanding of balance. Did that sound too arrogant or did that make sense? No, it makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let me let me try to roll it back this way. I mean, would you guys say that GW has gotten closer to balance with the release of the General's Handbook 2020 and the changes like, you know, no more realm artifacts and things like that? I would say that the the dismissal of the realm artifacts was kind of an, was kind of needed actually because they were there was only three or four that were always go to and they were only ever yeah. taken by specific out of the, out of like eighty five that were there right right right, right. Yeah. they were only ever taken by you know a handful of the twenty four we have and you always could find a way to counter them because you knew they were coming up. Right. So, so right. by by throwing that table under the bus, so to speak, and introducing a whole new table, and it's one artifact per realm, and they're just a generic. Hey, you get a plus one to your save. You get a plus one to your rend characteristic, or this or that or whatever. Then it it doesn't do much more than an extra piece, or I guess the way to put it, it's like it's an extra piece of pie to your battle tome, so okay. to speak. You know, it's like you don't need to take it, but you can if you want, you yeah. know. OK, Chuck, what are your so, thoughts, man? So so my thought is, is that, you know, with with the General's Handbook 2020, they they fixed some issues, uh, but didn't address 
all of them. And in some instances right. created other problems when they reduce points for certain units. But hopefully in the long term, you know, going into the fall and winter, those become addressed or there are counters to those armies so that people don't take advantage of those situations. I, I think that part of that, Chuck, okay. was that we didn't have the tournament cycle in the front half of the year either. Sure. It helped, sure. It helped with the GHB like yeah. it normally does. So we didn't, we didn't get a whole lot of the big swings in points where yeah. they were necessary or where they weren't necessary. And then we got them in oddball armies that were middle of the road. That's like, hey, here's here's 70 more points to your list. Go throw another gyrocopter mm -hmm. in there. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. something like that. So I think once we get through Christmas and the tournament circle starts catching back up and more games are being actively played and fed back into the, the computational computer, so to speak, yeah, then we'll see that change come back to fruition, how it should be probably through a, through FAQs, uh, be it the, the, the spring FAQ or, you know, maybe even GHB 2021 is where we'll see it. Okay. All right, so I kind of like what you guys are saying. So I'm going to throw another question at you because I kind of like the points you guys are making. Do you guys think not being a balanced game is a bad thing? Because that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hearing a little bit. So, so that was my question to you guys. Do you guys think not being a balanced game is a bad thing? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we need to have 100% balance or any kind of semblance of it. I think if we're sitting at a 70, 75% balance in the game, that we're, we're sitting in a good place because it, leave, it, leaves enough, it leaves enough fanfare, so to speak, for people to do the way they play. You okay. know, and to, and to build the game the way they want. It, it, it puts the meta chases where they want to be. It lets them do that. It lets the casual players build their armies they want to play. Okay. It lets tournament players that, you know, want to try something new but don't want to follow the meta because of money or something of that matter. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there, there's it's, a cost. Yeah, right. Well, of course. There's of course. definitely a cost. There's, oh, yeah. There, <laughs> but but it, it gives it gives everybody, be, without without 100% balance or remotely close to it, it gives everybody something to gravitate towards that fits to their style and to who they are and okay. allows them to play the game the way they want to play it, not dictated by chess rules. Damn you, Sean. Right. Yeah. So okay, so so, uh, so so Chuck, right back to you. I mean, do do you, do you think not being a balanced game is a bad thing? Uh, I'm gonna sort of go on that tangent with Justin and say, I don't think it's inherently bad. I don't think with uh, their book release and their schedule and and how the business is desi designed, I don't think it's ever truly gonna be balance right now i think to justin's aspect and his point we do need to try and get some type of 70 percent balance uh so that we don't have armies debuting day one going five and oh for six months straight and everybody getting frustrated because they just can't be beat right um that that is a really frustrating point for any gamer because there are those meta chasers who they own an army and they really only need to buy two more models or three. Right. And maybe they're, they're big models um, in order to achieve 
that one drop army that is uh, the meta build that they can then deploy and win three grand GTs in a row before they sure. finally come out with a, a, you know, answer to the problem and they, they fix the book, they amend it or right. something like that. Right. So and, and that is what we need to try and avoid. And what I, what I love about this topic is it's such a twisty, turny topic because in the very beginning of this conversation, we, we kind of asked ourselves, is balance possible in the age of Sigmar? And we were all said, oh yeah, sure, sure, absolutely it is. But, and I wasn't trying to use, you know, goofy, you know, trickery or anything like that. I just think it was interesting the way our full of the conversation was going to where now it's, it's, and I'm agreeing with you guys, you know, when we say, you know, do we think not being a balanced game is a bad thing? And, and I got to be honest with you. I, I got to totally agree that, that I, I don't think it is either. I think, I think if you look at, say, the concept of warfare, there's very rarely ever two armies that are completely balanced. And, you know, we've asked, we've asked this question a thousand times uh, to, a, you know, to everyone that's ever listened to the show is, is, you know, when you play that army, is it the army or the general? You know, and sure, you know, like to your point, Chuck, you know, you've got these, I call them whacks, you know, these WAACs, these whacks, these win at all cost, you know, meta chasers. Yeah. You know, you got these whacks out there or whack jobs. I like that one better. Uh, you got these whack jobs out there that, you know, they, I don't really think that they're very good generals. I think that they, you know, they're they're going out there and they're playing with that named character. They're playing with, you know, the old the old Nagash, you know, kind of a, a piece, and they're playing with somebody else's toys. But I think what really impresses me is that person that could take, say, that, you know, that that lower tier army, you know, and mm -hmm. and and win those games, you know. So that that's always the proverbial balancing question. There is it the is it the army or the general? So I guess here's here's another here's the question as we're kind of wrapping up this this topic here uh, before we move on to the question of the day, but in sticking with this topic here, do you guys think it's possible for Age of Sigmar to keep its you know character dynamics and diversity and truly be balanced as as close as we can get to balance? I mean, barring what we've just talked about, chess, Kings of War, you know, Conquest, you know, Oathmark, all those other games that have kind of sacrificed satisfaction of the game for balance. Um, do you guys think it's possible for Age of Sigmar to keep its character and dynamics and diversity uh, and truly be balanced? Or do you think, you know, it can get stale? I don't think we can, truthfully. I think it, I think it needs that level of unbalance to keep the flavor. To a certain point, like you were saying, you're yeah. 70%. Yeah, I, I think it needs that certain, that amount just, just to keep, to, to keep the hook in, you know, to, it's like you're the big mouth bass swallowing that hook. It's yeah. like you got to have that, you got to have that little bit of tension and that little bit of unbalance, or it it doesn't it doesn't stay, you know. Okay. All right, Chuck, what say you, man? Um, I'm gonna sort of side to the agreement of Justin again. I I think we need a little bit of uncertainty in order to enjoy the game, even though there's dice involved, even though there's different ways to play, mm -hmm. uh, in order to stay hooked into the game. Right. Um, okay. I think that's why we like the variations in release. I think that's why we like uh, the different books that debut. I think that's why we like the different game systems that interlude into Age of Sigmar, like Underworlds and Warcry, because it... It, we can throw in a unit, we can play around with a couple hundred points, and it, it adds in another aspect as opposed to 
Chase in the meta and just buying models off gamesworkshop.com um, and trying to have the hardest list as possible every three months. Yeah. You know, I got a question for you guys. And this is something I've always been suspicious of. And this is my, my conspiracy theory, you know, tinfoil hat, black helicopter mind working here. But do you guys think, do you remember the old Dungeons & Dragons, the old D&D? Now, Chuck, I know you still play a lot of D&D. I used to play a ton of it. Uh, Justin, did, do you still play or did play? I did play. I'm, I would like to get back into okay. it, but I just have but time. Here's my question. I know back in the day there was that old Gary Gygix kind of a theory that the better the model, the more expensive they charged for it. You know, So if you really wanted that particular character or that model for whatever version that was out, I remember this was a big thing in like third edition D&D. Uh, it was almost like you had to pay to play. Do you think that that's part of it? Do you think that happens in, in, in Age of Sigmar in our game? Because my, my conspiracy theory head says yes. Yeah, I have to lean with you there just a little bit. Um, I think I think the unit prices are based upon their capability in game. I, I kind of think they are. Okay. Chuck? Yeah, I, I think a, a little bit to that point. Um, and, you know, maybe that is built into the system. So, you know, if they're releasing like a campaign box set... They only release like three of a unit, but you need five in order to make it viable and for a complete unit in the game. Well, right. in order to build a whack army, you need 15 of them or three units of five. So right. then you have to buy multiple box sets. I think to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, that, that is kind I've seen that before. Maybe not every time they do a release, but I've seen it periodically. Okay. It, right. it seems a little more prevalent in the units that have a five model minimum. Yeah. Where they, yeah. and they cap out at like, say, 30 guys. Got it. It's like, you know, and there's that sweet spot of 10 to 15 models of the unit that makes the unit extremely viable in game, but you got to buy three boxes to get there. Yeah. And you're, you're sitting at $55 a box, sure. you know? Sure. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think with all that said, I ultimately accept that I don't really think Age of Sigmar will ever truly be balanced. And, and, and I don't think every battle tome will ever be equal to one another. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. As, as, as a matter of fact, I really don't care to a certain point. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I, you know, um, I really didn't care for the Nagash days, you know, back about, you know, two and a half years ago. I thought that was a, I thought that was a big flub uh, on the design process, but Age of Sigmar, you know, but Game Workshop, but rather they, they rectified that they fixed it. And I think, I think we're, we're getting closer to where, we have an acceptable give and take between armies and their dynamics. And, and there's something to be said about picking one of those weaker battle tomes. This is, again, my, I'm not going to tell my story about Beast of Chaos, but this is one of the reasons why I still play them today and why I picked them up all those years ago when everybody said they're a garbage army and you'll never win with them. And then I ended up, you know, going and winning tournaments with them. But there's, there's nothing to be said about picking one of those weaker battle tomes and pushing it to its max. Uh, it, right. it creates, you know, stories within the events you know people going around said hey man did you hear that uh you know chuck or justin you know they they just went five and oh with you know a nobbler army or something like that you know or this battle tone <laughs> i mean it, it, it it's it's always something that's really great to hear and i think i think we kind of like those underdog stories so i think with complete balance like you know like chess i mean everybody knows the, the queen is the tough the tough one on the you know and then the, the king's kind of the wimp everybody knows that um and i think she's been sleeping with the rook I think that's been happening. Yeah. 
but uh, but yes, I, I don't I don't really think that there's ever truly going to be balance in 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 the game of uh, of Age of Sigmar. Right. Okay I mean, like three hundred Noblars would not do justice in the current meta. I don't think. You know, we're going to extend this topic for a little bit longer because I kind of like oh, where you're going boy. with this real quick. Oh, so boy. when 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 you say when you say three hundred Noblars. No, you no, I, just, I, no, you I, just I think, heard the shit pot right there. I think no, I think I think like, <laughs> the greatest unit in the game, folks. I want to tell you something. You know, Nobblers are not. I'm not the no, one. Here's thing. I want to. I want to point this out. I want to so, point hey. this out here real quick, guys. I want to point this out. They're, they're not the, the greatest armies. <laughs> they're not one of the greatest armies of this time or that time, but they're the greatest of all time. And you know, I think you got to ask yourself a question when you see that 300 Nobblers coming across the table at you. You know, you're you got to think about your your priorities in life, man. I mean, what you gonna do when the nobblers run all over you, huh? I mean, I'm telling you right now. I mean, Chuck, go ahead. Just, just keep talking about nobblers. I'll just sit and listen. I think this is the new topic of the day. They just throw their sharp stuff at you, and you get hurt. That's I it, guess. man. That's it. I mean, they're throwing old shoes at you, nails, dentures, tampons. You're getting everything thrown at you, and you know they're getting the job done, man. They're not flashy. They're like, you know what they are? They're like, the, they're like a miniature Joe Frazier of the game, man. They're not flashy, but you know they're they're out there winning, man. Yes. Justin, to put you to sleep, man? No. I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> Greatest unit in the game. All right, folks, coming right back after this break, we got the question of the day. Stick around. Hey, gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we are back, and we are getting into the question of the day here on uh, Grimdark Live. So here it is, folks. You heard me at the top of the show. I asked everybody, you know, uh, what um, what the question of the day was. I told you guys what it was. So here it is. We're going to ask it, and I'm going to I'm going to go to uh, uh, well, I'll go to Chuck first. How about that one? We'll go to we'll go to him first. Okay. So Chuck, here it is. Here's the question of the day: What army in Age of Sigmar is the most complete? That you would say, and and if you want to if you want a clarification on that, what I mean by that is, when I say what army is the most complete, I'm talking about, uh, you know, point costs, unit synergies, how they play uh, in in team games, you know, the the whole enchilada. Think of it like when when they say pound for pound boxer, you know, that kind of a thing. What army in Age of Sigmar is the most complete that you would say? So my immediate go to, and I hope I don't ruin Justin's day. Uh, is that <laughs> he's laughing right now, but you know, it's not the most competitive, but I think a complete army could be uh, cities of Sigmar. And I only say that because 
we have an army that has six primary builds, but within that, different units that you can play to. Um, it combines multiple army books so that you can use multiple different types of units from your collection. Three, you can still play large monsters like griffins and things like that, yeah, dragons, right. potentially. Uh, steam tanks. You can special deploy your units, potentially. Uh, four and five, uh, you'll be able to utilize other army books in addition to it, like Sylvaneth and uh, Stormcast. Um, and Overlords. <laughs> and Overlords, yes. That's, that's very true. Um, seven, it has units that can fly and get other special uh, movement outside of the normal move that they would get. So I think there's enough variation to that and flexibility that even the average player or a new player or a veteran player can still find some enjoyment out of that, even though the book is a year old already, roughly. Yeah. Probably only nine months. But um, it's still viable. I still think it can go at least three and two. Um, you know, maybe four, one and one, if you play against the right armies. Uh, and people will have fun with it. Okay. All right. Uh, that, that's I, that's a good answer. That was one that I was thinking of. That's one of three that I was thinking of. But Justin, what about you, man? What's the most complete well, army out there? Well, well I mean, he did take he did yeah. take mine, but that's okay. Um, so I'll just follow my fallback. Um, and it's going to be kind of a left field one here, but I actually think Wrath of the Ever Chosen and Chaos is huh. fairly well complete. They have access to large monsters. They have access to multiple battle lines across multiple books. That includes all demons and Skaven which they don't normally didn't. The Evan Chosen can take anything. They can build an entire list of demons that spans every chaos realm. That includes the Skaven demons as well. So there's, they have a very wide selection in terms of choice. They have shooting. They can propose shooting. They can do range combat, melee combat. They can fly. They can summon. They have spell casting capabilities. They have prayer capabilities. Um, I mean, they've got you got four demon primary demon races. You got Corn, Zinch, Slanesh, and Nurgle. Mm -hmm. Then you got Skaven on top of that, which has their own systems. And you got some of the biggest badass heroes that ever existed in the lore. Yeah. So they're fairly well just cover everything army. Now, they do need tweaks, but that's in any book. You yeah. know, that's any arc. I, I, you know what? I, I like what you guys are saying. And, you know, is it fair to say if I were, if my pick were to be Nurgle, like Maggotkin of Nurgle or Nurgle marked Slaves of Darkness, because, or, or is that not fair? Do I need to no, pick I, again? No, go ahead. Okay. Whatever you want. So want. When, I, when I look at the synergies and everything that you get, you take a Maggotkin uh, of, of, you take a Maggotkin army you put them in the blessed sons and in, in the wrath of the ever chosen book you uh you look at how the points decreases with the putrid blight kings um the the fact that you know uh you can you give them rend through blight cyst for 150 points but then on top of that the way that you can bring in warriors of chaos you know you can match you know your putrid blight kings with a harbinger of decay to give them uh you know a, a save against wound and mortal wounds uh on, on a ward save i mean you look at the synergies that Nurgle offers, uh, I don't know that there are many other armies that are that complete. 
in in the game. I mean, City of Sigmar is a great is a great one as well. I think that that's that plays a lot. But but of course, the book was kind of meant for that. Mm-hmm. I think naturally, uh, Nurgle is one of those things that does it just by on the product of what it is. You know, the way that it, it you can you can take those different armies and units in chaos, I guess. And Justin, maybe I'm piggybacking a little bit of, you know, you know, Chuck stole from you. I'm piggybacking off you. So really this is like Chuck's, you know, this is really like Justin's, uh, you know, thing here, but um, no, it's kidding right. aside. But, uh, right. but, but yeah, my pick as far as you know, the most complete uh, uh, army, I would have to say probably would be Nurgle, or I guess if I had to boil it down, Maggotkin would be one, but, but folks, let us know. We'll leave it in the comments, you know, what, what army in Age of Sigmar is the most complete, you know, you know, across yeah, the board. Definitely. Yeah, so, that would be something I would like to see some of our, our viewership come across and let us know why they, they think that, too. You know, because every army across the book has got something that makes them complete, but there's only a handful. And, I mean, it's a very select handful that we could probably talk about for hours. Oh, yeah. They, they can literally just be, okay, I've got every option in the book. I can check off all those marks for melee this 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 and this and i can build an army that suits me depending on what i want to play sure sure wait a minute what the hell is that what's going on and now it's time for that part of the show where we present the rules from hell Yes, that's right, Grimdark Goons. It's time for the rules from hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked. Here it is, gang. The Warhammer rules from hell. Let's face it. Sometimes we, the players, are hell to those rules. So listen up here, you short-pants little demons. We're pointing our fingers right back at you for getting the rules wrong and making these rules hell on the tabletop. Units that charged this turn can still pile in even if there are no models remaining within three inches of them when chosen to pile in. This one is a bit obscure and harder to explain. The rules for pile-in say you can pile in any units that charged or are within three inches of an enemy. Say unit A and both unit B both charged unit C. Unit A is selected to pile in and kills all of Unit C. Unit B can still be selected to pile in even though they are no longer in combat, but must still pile in towards the closest model that may be a half a table away. This could definitely be a rule from hell. And now you know. A rule from hell. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, well, good stuff, man. Good stuff, and uh, I guess uh, we're at that point of the show. We got the closing thoughts, man. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take these one. I'm gonna take this one, man. Or, or Chuck, you want anything for closing thoughts? You, <laughs> since you, you haven't, you haven't been on the show in a while, so I thought, I thought I would just throw it at you. No, I'm uh, gonna do it. No, go ahead. You're fine. Yeah. All right. Well, this this popped in my mind. This popped in my mind. And, and, and Justin, it's not your turn, man. It's my turn. Uh, hey, go for it. No, I'll, I'll kid inside. Uh, what um, what popped in my mind is when we were kind of talking about balance and, and we brought up the, the whole uh, whack thing. Uh, you know, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, the win at all costs type of gamer, you know, the, the, the you know, and, and I think 
when we get into this balance, I think what we're really saying and what we're really getting ourselves into is, are we tired of chasing the, the, the whack, you know, the, the meta monster when it comes to gaming, you know, um, you know, do we want to bring enjoyment back to the game? And that's kind of what we, what we've been talking about the whole, the whole time when we're referring to balance in the game of Age of Sigmar, you know, if you're feeling burnt out with, you know, the pace of the Warhammer releases that, you know, Chuck brought up earlier, there's really a simple trick that you can, you can use to take a, a break uh, with really just, you know, a, a few of your pals, a few of your gaming buddies. And this is something that, that we've done in our own gaming group at, at War Meets. Um, haven't done it recently, but we've done it in the past. And that's, you know, recognizing that you don't, you can always peel back from what's in front of you if the game is kind of overwhelming you. You know, because if you think about it this way, with the monthly releases that GW is putting out uh, in Age of Sigmar, you know, heck, e even with releases from games like Warcry and uh, Warhammer Underworlds, the pace of the new content can cause a lot of anxiety and burnout, I think. And if, if you or your friends are, you know, feeling burnt out, you know, that's bound to come with such a fast pace of these releases. And, and you can take a break, you know, hit the gamer re reset buttons, I like to say. You know, this is essentially picking a, a, a GW um, base game, like, say, Age of Sigmar, uh, or a skirmish game like Warhammer Underworlds or Warcry, and only playing the base rules. There's a novel idea, you know, scale back. Uh, why the base rules? Uh, you know, really because these are the rules that were more than likely play-tested the most and lacks any real convoluted synergies that come from an ongoing uh, developed game that, that has been happening for a while. You know, to, to really cut ties with all of the, the meta releases for a while is a good thing if needed. You can grab a few of your friends uh, and, and come to some mutual agreement not to go, you know, past a certain certain release date. You know, here, here's something for you guys. Did you ever think uh, to, to, to stop and think that Age of Sigmar is already five years old? Why not, you know, try and, and play the game uh, as it was originally released? You know, that'd be a heck of a reset. But, but whatever you do, you know, here's, here's you, know, the, the, you know, and I think we had a great topic tonight, probably one of the better ones on the show. But I think whatever you do, have fun. Remember that, that this game is, is a hobby, and it's not a job, and you don't, you don't have to treat it as such. Right. And that's it. Right. That's, uh, that's my closing thoughts. Very but, good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, so, so that's, uh, that's everything I have, man. But, uh, but, but a great show, man. Anything to, gang, anything to add before we, uh, we close it up here? Just be, good to get, just be good to each other. Play the game. Have fun. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I, I agree. I, I would say, you know, if you're not having fun with Age of Sigmar, jump into Warcry. If you're not having fun with Warcry, jump into Underworlds. Um, the day will come when AOS is, you know, the be-all, end-all of games again, and you're going to jump back in. I, players have it between 40k and Age of Sigmar, and right. um, people may not want to admit it be, because they're lifelong 40k or AOS players, but... Uh, I I have a 40k army on the shelf and it's 4,000 points of orcs, but I jump back and forth between uh, big wog and orcs, and it's okay. It is okay to play. Right. Yep. Have fun with your yep. games. Roll a lot of dice and destroy your opponent. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there, you there you go. go. There you go. 
Well, great show, guys. And that's a wrap. You know, please don't forget to hit the like button or subscribe button and, and follow us on our podcast. And, and if you haven't already done so, and if you don't, the Grim Darkoons are actually going to come to your house and eat all of your cheese whiz. And you're going to have nothing left to go with those crackers. I'm telling you. And, and Chuck, Chuck can do it, man. I've seen him do it. It's kind of scary. But, uh, folks, thank you all so much for being with us this evening on Grimdark Live. We'll be back next week at 7.30. So until then, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. Bye. Grimdark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday. So until then, remember, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice, chuck, and glue sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Moondark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants?